0: Greetings, everyone, and welcome to episode 99. Oh, my gosh, we're almost to 100. 99 of Teaching Tales, the podcast totally devoted to sharing stories from the world of education. As always, I am your host, Brent Coley, an elementary principal in beautiful Southern California. And ladies and gentlemen listening, we've got not one, but two special guests tonight. I've got Solomon Petchers and Mike Earnshaw. Solomon, Mike, how are you guys? doing great how are you guys doing all right brent fantastic now i don't remember the numbers but both both of you guys have been mike more recently solomon i think a little bit before that you've both been a, a guest before but for anyone who didn't listen to those and doesn't know who these people are um solomon tell us a little just real briefly who is solomon petchers
1: i am a. A dad, a teacher, (laughs) living in Southern California. I've been in education now 25 years and uh, recently uh, realized my dream of writing and publishing a few books. There
2: we go. All right. And Mike? Yeah, I'm a a dad of two, husband, uh, elementary school principal, um, co-host of the Punk Rock Classrooms podcast um, and author of the EduCulture Cookbook. All right. So, yes. So, we have three authors, three published authors, <laughs>
0: Solomon, Mike, and myself on this. And let me, uh, <laughs> that. no, we're not taking a phone call right now. And uh, see, this is real. We're, we're, we're just moving. <laughs> we're going live. Uh, the purpose of the, the, the inspiration from this podcast, for anyone listening, came from a blog post that Mike very recently wrote called, So You Want to Write a Book? Or so you're thinking about writing a book and I read it and I was like, oh, like that needs to be a podcast episode because I absolutely loved Mike, how you basically shared some of your experience of how that worked in terms of your process of writing the book. And I thought, and I think one of the big goals of that was if you're thinking of writing a book, if you think you have something to share with somebody, you need to do that. So my goal in this episode is, hey, let's get Mike, let's get Solomon, myself as well. And let's kind of share our processes of how we wrote a book to hopefully let anyone know, because I think there's a lot of, I've talked to multiple people out there who have thought about, oh, it'd be really cool to write a book someday, but have thought like, but I'm not Stephen King or I'm not James Patterson or something like I'm, I'm. I'll never be able to do it. And that's just not true anymore. Uh, publishing is is doable now for anybody. So um let's just start. I just kind of I want to go through like I'll start. Saul, when did you first know you wanted to write a book?
1: Man, I was <laughs> gonna be 51 tomorrow. So uh... <laughs> happy birthday. <laughs> in my in my twenties. I you know, I I I I was sick early on in my life, probably in my 17, 18, 19. I started writing just for fun. And, um, in my mid twenties, I finished writing ghost in the attic and I was like, Oh, kind of like what you're saying, like, I'm not a Stephen King, so I'm never going to publish it. And it just sat in my computer. And then I had to print it out and it just sat in a box for the longest time. And so I, I always knew I wanted to publish a book. It's the idea of that imposter syndrome and confidence mm-hmm. is it always creeps in. So
0: yeah. Mike, what about you? When, when, did, when, when did the idea sprout? <clears throat>
2: It was pretty early on. I'd say I was probably in high school. Um, I, you know, I, I always was drawn to ELA. I uh, majored, you know, as an English teacher before I became a principal. And um, I, I always wrote poetry, like, mm-hmm. and I never really shared it with anybody. It just it was more for myself, you know. And a few people will get to see it. And uh, but just recently, like within the past year, I started sharing it on our website. But uh, yeah, I think it was early on when I kind of said I want to write a book. But my goal was always to write. a fiction book. Like I wanted to be a fiction writer, um, which my book is totally not a fiction book, but um, you know, there, there's a whole bad story of why, why it came out the way it did. So,
0: yeah. Well, Mike, you and me, my story parallels yours. I, I always, it was a bucket list thing. I always wanted to write a book. I just thought it would be fiction. And it also parallels Solomon that I started writing a children's story about 20 years ago. And finished it and it sat on a hard drive somewhere and didn't get touched. And, um, in a couple of months, it will, it is going to be published, but that's That's so cool. Another story for another time. So, uh, so, so my next question would be, so Solomon early on, both of you kind of early on, all three of us early on, we knew we wanted to, how did you, how did you start? Like, like where and when did you do your writing?
1: Oh gosh uh with with is <laughs> me right yeah. uh, when where when i you know I, most of my writing I, I i put this on my instagram uh quite often is i'm usually sitting in my car waiting for my daughter to get out of dance class <laughs> so that's usually what it is so um, for for me and that's the hardest part is stealing away minutes just trying to just seize a few minutes here a few minutes there um it's almost good that i'm i I'm, I'm i'm adhd because I can work in pockets, work in just short time frames, and, and move on there. So, um, you know that whole process of when and where it's it's whenever I can and whenever the mood hits.
2: Yeah. What about you, Mike? Yeah, I'm kind of the opposite. I mean, I've talked to a lot of other authors, and you know they have their thing where they they set away a weekend or they're setting away a certain time in the morning. For me, uh, it's it's pretty much at night. I mean, my son's 13, my daughter's 10, so by the time like I get done with all of their sports and whatnot. Um, my wife and I will sit on the couch and honestly, a lot of my writing comes from when there's a new show or series that she really wants to watch and I don't really have any interest in it. So I'm like, oh yeah, we can totally watch that. And then I, I'm able to like, kind of block out the distractions and I just, you know, just sit there and write. And once in a while, I kind of like what, uh, was saying, like when I'm waiting for my kids, um, uh, you know, I'll grab my phone, and not ideal to write on your phone. But if I get that idea, I can throw it there. But most of it's in the evening, late hours. So
0: yeah, no, I and I, I will do a little of both. Sometimes I would write for for stories of edu influence. My my book, I would write a couple hours on the weekend. Usually, it was on the weekends because during the week I just. I'm whooped. I mean, I'm getting yeah. home. I, I, I didn't ah, have yeah. anything left. So, but I remember, I mean, I vividly remember, like you said, Solomon waiting for dance class to get over. I remember doing some on my phone at my son's hockey practice, walking, walking around the rink on my phone. Ooh, an idea came. And I just, it was a few sentences. I remember right. mowing the lawn, sitting mowing the like I was writing, <laughs> maybe not physically, but literally mowing the oh, yeah. lawn and, and, a line coming. It's like, oh my gosh, stopped, turn the thing on and just jotted down those notes that oh, I could yeah. copy and paste into the manuscript a little bit later. And for anyone listening, you just heard three different stories, three different answers. I think the, ans- the, the moral of this story is there isn't necessarily an answer. Whatever's going to work for you is going to work for you. So, um, how long – I'm going to start with Mike on this one because, Solomon, you've got multiple
2: ones. So, Mike, how long did it take you to write your book? Well, it took a little longer than I anticipated because I was – I was And when I say out. write, I mean, yeah. like, not publishing,
0: like, from start – Just but like
2: get, get your draft done. To get, get your manuscript done. done. Yeah. yeah. So, for me to get the manuscript done, like, I it was probably – Oh, I started, it was a little bit before the pandemic hit and I just was cranking out, you know, like a chapter a night, you know, I do a chapter, then I would do my edits the next night, then I would do it, another idea would pop into a chapter and then the pandemic hit and literally, you know. Yeah. Everything in life paused, right? Like I'm now at home with my wife and two kids all day long. And it's just (laughs) like, at the end of the night, I'm like, I I don't want to do anything. I don't want to look at a computer anymore because I've been on (laughs) Zoom meetings all day. So, you know, then I I would start kind of forcing myself like, all right, you got to do something, Mike. I try to get a chapter done a week. And then when the pandemic was going on longer than we anticipated, I started second guessing myself because I'm like, everything I'm writing about in, in our, my book is things we've done as a staff pre-pandemic when we're on top of each other, we're hands-on. And I'm, <laughs> I'm starting to think, is this even going to be relevant? I talked, and I talked to the, the – I remember reaching out to Mandy and Sarah from EduMatch, and I said, hey, look, I don't know what we should do. And Mandy, if it wasn't for her, she told me, she was things will get better yeah. this is not going to be forever your book's gonna make a difference yeah don't worry about it. keep writing and then when she said that you know and and I remember reaching out to Dave Schmidt, and he said don't worry it's when you know you got to get it done you're going to get it done and then just kind of their advice and I said you know what let's just do it and then I just I got back in that groove so there we go
1: Mike, let me ask you a question. Were you on a, was there a deadline from the publisher?
2: So there was, but it was pretty loose. Um, I had not yet picked my, they, they had actually, they had given me when we had met and they had said, Hey, look, you know, we, we take so many submissions of your final manuscript a month. And when they gave me my months, I remember like June um, was one of them. And then I think I picked like October of uh, 2019, right? Um, yeah, my book just came out in September of 21. No, so I picked 20 September of or October of 2020 to have it done. I remember thinking, I'm like, all right, I, I fell out of my groove. I'm gonna pick the latest month possible right now <laughs> to to give me give me some window as much as I wanted that June date, but we were still, I mean. Heck, we're still in this pandemic teaching, you know. But yeah. I was like, let me give myself a little window. So, but they were real flexible. They told me, look, if you need more time, it's going to push back publication. Yeah. If you're okay with that. But I'm like, yeah. So, so you had a So, you and I, Mike, we published
0: through Edge and Match Publishing. Yeah. i've Great experience. I mean, Sarah and Mandy, I mean, fantastic. Yeah, so great. We, we there were there were some deadlines there. Yeah, Solomon, yeah. your deadlines were probably more self-imposed because you self-published, correct?
1: Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. It was cool. uh, it was it, that and it and it's kind of um you know a double-edged sword. Yeah, I can set my own time, but then I know I don't have a, if I don't have an end in mind, I don't have right. to finish. So <laughs> yeah,
0: how long? Like my book, I started in January of I don't even remember. it. 2018 I think and I finished in October that was so I was a little slower be just with everything going on it was more like if I could get a chapter every three or four weeks I was but but my writing style too is I would write a draft I would finish that chapter and I would do a lot of editing that like when my chapter was done it was done not not done to an editor, or but right. it was it was pretty solid when it was done. Now Solomon, you started mm-hmm. Ghost in the Attic, right, um, yeah,
1: I mean, a long I, time I, ago. Yeah, a long time. I actually I've written it originally in third person, and so when I pulled it out of the box, I gave it to someone. I said, you know, this would be great if it was first person. So I rewrote the whole thing in first person, and that took me about I took me about four months to do. Um, and then while that was being published and processed, and I was waiting for my my cover. I wrote uh, "Feasters," the, the first "Feasters" apocalyptic tale. Apocalyptic tale. I wrote that in probably uh, eight months or so, and again, no deadline. Um, and then I turned out the third one uh, th- in the next year. Or so, but I think I had it written in probably eight or nine months.
0: Okay. Probably. So, again, I mean, time. I, time. <laughs> it it, it yeah. and it's it's going to be different for everyone. I I heard a story somewhere. I don't know the accuracy, but I heard that George Kuros who wrote The Innovator's Mindset. I, yeah. I want to say I heard, like, he wrote that like in a couple of weeks. That, that book he, is so long. It's I know. huge. I, so that so so. so <laughs> please, if anyone, George, if you're listening, you can tweet me. I, I don't know if that's true, but it's like, wow. I know that some people crank out material. It's just, they get on a roll, they go up to a cabin somewhere and they crank it out. Again, that would be nice, but that wasn't necessarily our, our, uh, our stories. So, Mike, you and I have a publisher. So if someone's writing something and they want to seek out a publisher, we used Edge and Match. What was your, how did you do that? Again, just not the whole story because that'll take right. too long, but like, <laughs> what, did, how did you, how did you connect with a publisher?
2: Yeah. So basically, um, I had met Kristen Nan. I presented at uh, Teach Better 19, uh, the first Teach Better conference, the only one I've had at this point, um, Teach Better 19 in Ohio. And Kristen was in my session and uh, we just connected afterwards. You know, She said she loved my, my presentation, my approach to education, all that. And then uh, so I kept in contact with her. And it was a few months after that, um, it was like January of 2020, when I kind of said, hey, you know, I'm writing this book. I got, or I got an idea for a book. And I legit had maybe a chapter two and she's like, Oh my God, I love this cookbook idea. And next thing I know I'm in a Voxer conversation with her and Sarah, you know, a veggie match. And she's like, Kristen just goes, all right, I'm gonna let you guys two talk. And then she left the chat and Sarah's like, so you got an idea. I'm like, uh, yeah. And then, <laughs> you know, it just kind of went from there. Yeah.
0: I know that, that I, I reached out to Sarah, uh, and, They've got a submission process now. If you go to edumatchpublishing.com, they have it. If if you're thinking about you've got a an educational idea for a book, they have a submission process. I know that I I she was on the podcast before I had written the book and I reached out to her and said, Hey, I've written I'm writing a book. I have some ideas. And she gave me the information to submit it. I submitted it and they accepted it, thankfully, and um, then I continued. It wasn't done yet. I had right. about, I don't know about you, I had about four or five chapters done. It was about halfway done when I submitted it, and then it was accepted, and then I finished the rest of the book. Was yours about yeah, that?
2: Mine was, I, I think I had less than that. I think I had maybe three Cause I tried telling Kristen, I was like, Hey, hold up, hold up, hold up. I just started this book. And then, uh, but Sarah's like, I'm really intrigued with this idea. Um, so, submit what you have. She goes, don't worry if it's only, you know, a couple chapters. And I submitted it. And then she said, like, I, I love it. Let's, uh, you know, let's move forward. And then Stay that's, forward. you know, just kind of wrote it from there.
0: Yeah. And now, for everyone listening, thinking like, oh, I don't know who Sarah is. I don't know who Mandy is. I don't know. I, I, I don't know these people. Or, I have a
1: Sarah. <laughs> exactly. Or I don't have a
0: Sarah. Or it's not an educational book. Because I know like Mike and I, we've written nonfiction. I'm currently writing some fiction. But Solomon, his three books are fiction. And they're really good, by the way. But we'll get to that later. So, Solomon, your process, you didn't have a publisher. Tell us how you published.
1: Uh, a lot of research on how to get published. You know, the, the, the game right now to get a publisher, you have to get an agent first and then an agent will shop for a publisher. And, and it's just too many. It, and for me, when I looked at the steps, it was just too many steps at this point yeah. when I can just be all of it. And that was, that was the key thing was I, I could do all of it. And so I, you know, research, I looked up, um, uh, you know uh, KDP on um, Amazon, which is makes it so easy to upload books, and, and they have their formatting, but so easy to do that. And Barnes and Noble as well. Um, and now that this industry, this indie industry, has grown, it's just uh, there's so many more formats out there. There's Ingram Spark, there's Drafted Digital, so lots of options for you. And so I just do the research, and and I connected with some some authors uh, online, and and just and just listen to how what what they did, and, and I kind of just copied it.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And, and I would, as somebody like Mike, you, you and I have gone with edge and match Solomon, you've done just independent. Mm. I'm now in the middle of both. Like I did the publisher, but now I'm doing my children's book through KDP through Amazon Kindle direct publishing. And Solomon, you and I have had lunch more than once. I've been picking your brain. I'm like, so tell me how you did this. Tell me how you did this. And we're supposed to be next week, too. Thank you again for that, my friend. Um, it's for anyone who's got something. Solomon, you're right. It's the Amazon makes it pretty, pretty easy to do. Very easy. I mean, they, yeah, they, very they've easy. got templates. They've got videos. They've got um, everything. everything. Everything you need. Yeah, everything. Everything. everything you
1: need. And it really is, you know, the hardest part, uh, you know, the hardest part is how do I get people to do all of that stuff yeah um and so and i think I, I told you i had a, a avery Poznanski. she she did all my editing for all three of my books she's a for uh, mike she's a former student of mine who's now at ucla <laughs> nice while she i paid her while she was in high school edit my books and then went through a different process and I had that beta readers actually who were willing to edit it as well so you find help where it is um and using fiverr uh for book covers and Uh, And formatting, formatting is a big thing. Probably, probably I try to do it myself and it is just a, 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 it is a beast. So I just defer to the experts.
0: (laughs) Yeah. But, but nice with Fiverr out there, you've got independent contractors who, I mean, Mike, I don't know about, I mean, my cover for Edge and Match was Fiverr that Sarah contracted. I think they contracted out through that. So I think to your point, Solomon, it is work you d- you do have to research and stuff but if you're willing to do that it is doable i mean and and i'm and i'm learning that right now with it's a, it's an illustrated it's an illustrated children's book that i'm having i'm having to format it myself i'm i'm working with an illustrator that i had to find that i'm having to pay <laughs> that i'm like I, all the stuff that your publisher will do for you that edu match that sarah and mandy right mike like we right. gave him the
2: we gave him the manuscript and she right i mean they kind of they formatted it and they sent it back and i there there was a few like the first two i said i, I don't really like this formatting and then uh you know you, you get you get your input but yeah um you know same with the cover i gave them my idea and then they had the illustrator or whatever create it and the, there's a few covers we went back and forth on yeah um they do the right. heavy
0: they do the heavy lifting. They find right. the illustrator, they did the editor, they paid I mean that that was that was part of the that was part of the process and right. on the back end, now your publisher is going to get a cut of the of the profits. So Exactly. So but but in terms of out of pocket expenses where the publisher they they weren't I mean, right. they do all of that whereas right. Whereas now, Saul, you had, you had, you had an editor that you were able to use and you, but you were, you <laughs> paid her yeah. or, I mean, you, you had to pay the Fiverr person, but again, you have complete control over that. So it's kind of like, what are we, what are you, what are you looking to do? What are, I mean, are you willing to put it in the work if you are? Um, I think my, my nephew, he's, he's. I think he's like 28 right now. He just published something through Amazon. Now mm-hmm. it's 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 a it's a I, it's a very simple book, but he can say he's published something. I mean, yeah, I could go to Amazon right now, type in his name, and his book is there. Mm-hmm. You you, yeah. you can buy. I mean, it's that simple to do, and through Amazon, there aren't the upfront
1: costs. No, right? it's it's really it's really nice. I mean, is it's. it's, it's you know, if you, if you wanted to do it for free, you could do it. I mean, the, the, the resources to edit your own book, which I highly, rec- I highly do not recommend people do because <laughs> you need fresh eyes on it. Um, the cover right now, I mean, I mean, uh, book brush now offers a way to do your own cover and it's, it's fantastic. Yes. I mean, it's, it's, it's so easy. Um, Fiverr, you could just throw, you know, uh, if you want to throw a couple bucks at it, but, you could do it all for free if you really wanted to. I mean, but you know, over time you're going to want to turn out quality. And sometimes if you're layman, it's not going to, you know, not the result there. But
0: there's, I mean, there's a Kindle's book cover creator they have there. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm thinking we've got one of our teachers, one of our fifth grade teachers who every year he has the students and they do a collective story where like, they brainstorm the idea. They brainstorm the plot, and every chapter is written by a different student. It's, it's that progressive story, and he publishes it at the end of the year. And cool. and he he's not gone through it. He's gone through another, but it it was yeah. There's right, lots out there now. It was now. I'm thinking he could go through Amazon to do this because it's not complex. He's got the. I mean, he could just nice and simple throw it up there. And then you could say, "Oh, parents, you want to buy a copy of this?" Then go on Amazon and have it Prime shipped to them. I mean, it's oh yeah, it's pretty. That's, cool. that's really cool. Pretty amazing. So you
1: tell your, you you say your price, you set your you set your everything on it. So it's it's really nice. And I mean, there's 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 formatting and there's some things that that they want very specific. But uh, it's free. I mean, Ingram Spark they'll charge you every time you upload a, a manuscript. Well, why am I going to do that when? too for free on on barnes Uh, and noble will fix your mistakes for you which is really nice um amazon will tell you where your mistakes are and suggest fixes i mean it's just it's just a it's an easy cuts out the middleman
0: yeah so so my last the last question that i had down or maybe it's a statement because there's no question mark at the end of it there's the there's the writer in me what's your advice and we could talk for another hour on this. So, if so, for anyone listening right now who is who is intrigued by the title of this episode that says so, you're thinking about writing a book. For that person, is like, yeah, I am thinking about writing a book. I do think I have something to share. Maybe it's fiction, like Solomon. Maybe it's maybe it's a story, Mike. Maybe it's like you and me. Maybe maybe it's something. Maybe it's nonfiction. Something in the educational realm or any other realm. This is typically it's educators who are listening to this. What would be one or two quick pieces of of advice that you would give?
1: I'll take that, Mike. <laughs>
2: <laughs> that's I a mean, big. That's a loaded it, question. It's a big one. I, I, I think back to the to the blog that you know brent you said kind of sparked your your mm-hmm. interest to do this episode and uh people have been retweeting the one by one sentence in there like don't ever think you're that you your voice or you don't have something to say i don't even remember what i wrote mm-hmm. you know at this point but like don't ever think like your voice doesn't matter like don't ever think you're you don't have something to say because all of us have A story to tell whether it's fiction non-fiction it doesn't matter poetry a song in us we all have something to share and i think if you if you want to do to to put it out there because let's face it like putting putting yourself out there with a book is it's vulnerable terrifying terrifying. (laughs) you know every every time someone tweets me or texts me and says hey i just got your book at first i'm like all right awesome thank you then i'm like uh-oh. What are they going to think? Yeah. Um, but I think don't, you know, a, a lot A question I would get a lot is, you know, did you ever feel imposter syndrome when you were writing this? And no, like you just, if if you have something to say, like you got to have that passion to want to share them, put it out there. And then I also would just say, you know, don't, don't like rush it. Meaning like Mm. you can't just sit back and like you can sit back and take years to write something, you know, you know, if that's what fits your timeline, but I've seen too many people put too many, too many very strict deadlines on themselves. Like I need to have this done by this date and life happens. Mm -hmm. I mean, you can't beat yourself up and then try to just, muscle through it to be done by that date. Cause you're not going to have something that's quality that you really believe in. So I guess that's my two biggest things is know your voice matters and, and you know, don't beat yourself up if you're not meeting your own timelines. I like it.
1: Yeah. I have, I have a lot. I mean, a lot of people tell me this, you know, Brent, you touched on it. Yeah. I, I want to write a book. I want to write a book, but I don't know how, I don't know how, and nothing gets written if you don't just do it. You know, it's, right. it's kind of like that, that basketball analogy where, you know, you miss a, uh, you know, a hundred percent of the shots you don't take, you know, and so I, I think you have to really, if you have a, if you have a, a story to tell, like you said, Mike, a story to tell, we all have unique experiences. You can turn that into a book. And, and for me, imposter syndrome is like a really, it, it is a, a big time thing. I, I mean, I even wrote, a, I even wrote a blog, convinced myself in the blog post that I, I I'm overcoming it and then it creeps up every time. It's like this. It's just right here. It's just right here. And, and I think you have to be able to work through that. Um, and that's, that's the biggest piece is that what you have to write or what you want to say is worthy of a story or something, you know, if it's fiction or nonfiction, whatever it may be, but your experiences are unique. And if you feel that people need to hear them, then you need to shout them.
0: Yeah. I, I, I love what you guys have said. I mean, I think write it. My, my yeah. advice would be start writing because don't worry about the publishing. Don't worry about who's my publisher, who's my agent. Am I going to do Amazon? Am I gonna, you got to write it first.
1: Yeah, j- j- no one's yeah. going to read it. <laughs> no you, one's going you know to read it, it if, you
0: don't, if you don't write it. Exactly. And I, I, I would just echo what both of you said. I mean, it's, it's, it's like the last chapter, one of the last chapters in my book is you don't have to be Stephen King. You don't have to be a New York Times bestseller. If if what you're writing is going to make a difference in the lives of even one person, I mean, like for me, then it's worth it. Because right. I haven't quit my day job. Mike, you haven't quit your day job. So you haven't, I mean, None of us <laughs> have quit our... We didn't write books to, to get rich and famous and quit our day jobs. I wrote my book because I wanted to encourage... Other educators, Mike. That's what you try to do, and and Solomon, you're looking to entertain people, and, and there's always being, a message,
1: and there's always a message, and there's, you know, and there's a that message kids can walk away with, and or you know, kids and adults just walk away with, a, you know whether whether the blood and gore of a zombie apocalypse is there. There's still a message in there for exactly.
0: People. You've got you've got a message, and with my children's book is like I want to entertain. I want it to be a nice story with some with some cool pictures, but there is a definite there's a definite message underlying that. So yeah, I would say write it and just echo what you two said that, that don't, you do not have to be a bestseller. It does not have to sell tens of thousands of copies. Right. Because, because frankly, I'm not going to sell that.
1: <laughs> and if, and if mean, that's your goal, if notoriety and, and fortune is your goal, then you're probably not going into it the right with the right mentality, right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I,
0: I, I, for me, for, for my stories of edu influence, I, I wrote, uh, I, I was able, like you said, Mike, you spoke at a conference and you talked with Kristen. She was like, Ooh, I really like what you, I mean, right. that's very similar to mine. I had the opportunity to, to, to keynote a couple of conferences and I talked about the topics and it was well-received. And after the second one, I was like, if I wrote this down I could probably reach more people, more, not just the people who were in the room here. Right, and that was the impetus for it. it. was just like, hey, let's write it down, let's put it out there, let's see what people think. And again, still got my day job, and that's okay. <laughs> right. I, I I wasn't looking to quit my day job. I was looking to encourage people. So, all right. So at the end, Mike, tell us about your book and where they can find it.
2: Yeah. So uh, my book, the Edu Culture Cookbook. Um, it's all about, it's, it's things that I have done with our staff and things we've done as an entire staff and things I've done with the students to just build a positive school and classroom culture. You know, the books for anybody, any, anybody in education, because the things that when I implement them my goal is these te- the teachers I, I have with me will take it back to their students um, to improve their classroom culture. And then the reason it's called the cookbook is because at the end of each chapter, cause you know, you, we read these educational books and six months down the road, we're like, Oh, I remember reading that, but you can't find your highlights and your post-its. So there's a recipe card Gosh. at the back God. that just summarizes. And then there's a QR code, even you could put it on your phone and uh, that's a whole nother episode. The whole story. I mean, I would have, I almost went to culinary school instead of education and the whole story of how we came up with the cookbook with my wife. But um so yeah, you can get it at uh it's on Amazon, Barnes and Noble's um Edumatch's website. I've got a link on um uh, our punkrockclassrooms.com website where you can go through there and I'll bring you to Amazon. Um, but yeah, check it out, pick it up, and if, you think.
0: And if somebody wants to follow you on Twitter, they can get you oh, on. Yeah. It
2: at Mike R Earnshaw and it's the same on Instagram and then you can also follow at punk classrooms that's the the podcast handle
0: yeah and I will I will uh, give an uh, an endorsement recommendation for for the <laughs> edu- culture cookbook it's it's awesome the thank practical you, thank you practical it things it's real um, very good and enjoy the podcast enjoy the podcast as well so <laughs> thank um, you. Solomon, I'm your looking, books, I'm, Mike. Books I'm looking forward plural. to getting that
1: book for sure. Yeah, so <laughs> my, uh, I'm looking forward my to picking book, yours up. <laughs> yeah, thank you. the um, first one is uh, "Ghost in the Attic." It's written for uh, elementary school uh, age kids, fourth and up, um, and it's actually touched. Uh, it's you know, it's 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 touched the nerve with a lot of people, right? You know, as far as the idea of accepting each other and and um, and not judging a book by its cover, literally in the story itself. Um, yeah, I, my my favorite thing about this is having uh, Zoom meetings with kids on the West Coast with classrooms, uh, <laughs> classrooms, and they you know they they've read my book and they're excited to talk about it. So, and then I've always wanted to write a zombie book, uh, and uh, and uh, so I wrote two. Um, one's got a sequel. It's Feaster's an Apocalyptic Tale, and Feaster's a Circle, and it's um, it's uh, it's more than a zombie book. It's it's teenage vampires surviving in a zombie apocalypse. And how would they do that? But uh, the story deals with uh, the prejudice of, of, of minorities and the vampires being the minorities. And it doesn't really just you know, sit with one race. It just has this race of vampires and how they were discriminated against and how they're overcoming all that. So um, it's award winning. I'm going to throw that out there. <laughs> my first one. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's exciting. But you can get that at, uh, at, uh, at Amazon and Barnes and Noble. And uh, you can order through my website as well at solomonpetchers.com
0: it's 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 good stuff. And I remember when I read Ghost in the Attic, I I blitzed through it in just a couple. I mean, Perfect. it's 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 a really fun read with uh, with like you said earlier, with a good message. And my,
1: my son just read it and he was dad dad, you got to write a sequel. You gotta-
0: <laughs> tell me, tell me how cool that was. You just was said so my cool. son yeah, just so read cool, my cool. book. Yeah. My son did not want to read my book.
1: And I'm, I'm um, reading, I'm reading uh, the first Feasters with him right now. And, uh, you know, I was curious how, cause there, there's some, there's some fight scenes and a little bit of nothing, nothing gratuitous, but, uh, and he's, he's just loving it. He's just he's loving cool. it he's like that. So, and I'm working on my next book right now as we, as we speak.
0: Oh my goodness. How about that? Well, Uh, And then I'll take my turn. My book is Stories of Edu-Influence. It's real life stories. Everyone loves stories. It's a collection of stories from over 20 years of being in the classroom in the front office that illustrate the influence that we have regardless of our position. So from humble successes to epic failures, um, that's that's my book. And that's on Amazon, Stories of Edu-Influence or Barnes & Noble. And I am getting close to finishing my children's book. Um,
1: I'm excited for That's that. Exciting, but... Yeah.
0: Meeting with uh, met with my illustrator a little bit, we're recording this in the middle of, uh, January of 2022. My goal is, uh, May 2022. Nice. That, that is when I'm looking to publish. Um, the draft is done. It's being edited right now. Illustrator is finishing the, the illustrations and then we're going to format it. We're going to do that self-publishing through, uh, through Amazon. So, uh, you can look for that in May. So, well, gentlemen, this was fun. This was fun. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I appreciate you sharing your experience with anyone out there who is thinking about writing a book. And my, again, my, just do it. To borrow Nike's right. slogan, if you're thinking about it, do it. Just do it. And, it, <laughs> and if it's 50 pages, it's 50 pages. If it's 100 pages, if it's 300, it doesn't matter how long it is. Or like you said, Mike, maybe it's poetry doesn't have to right. be a narrative it could be a collection of poetry there's an ability now to actually get that out there where people can um, get their hands on it so um, everyone listening be sure to check out these guys books because they are very very good guys thank you for for sharing your your expertise for everyone listening thank you for listening hope you got something out of this hopefully you're you've been inspired to uh, open the computer and start writing. And uh, we look forward to to seeing what you come up with. If you haven't already subscribed, be sure to subscribe uh, to the podcast, to Teaching Tales and Apple Podcasts, uh, Google Podcasts, Spotify. You can listen directly on my website at brentcoley.com. Be sure to check out Mike's podcast, Punk Rock rock Classrooms. Yeah, exactly. Punk Rock Classrooms. And uh, until next time, everyone, thanks for listening. Have a good one.